Welcome back, folks. This is So You Want to Know. There's Stephanie. Hi, everybody. And I'm Sheldon. We got some uh, things to that we want to talk about this week. Uh, there's the Kentucky Derby picks that Stephanie has with the Oaks mm -hmm. winner. And the Oaks winner, I do. Uh, we want to touch on po uh, positives of the week. We figured, mm -hmm. why not again this week? Right. PCOS awareness. Stephanie has some stuff to talk about there. Yes. And something we actually totally forgot to talk about until we came across the notes, which is are some good ideas, is, mm -hmm. you know, clothing and shoes for a date. Exactly. Trying to pick the right ones. And that's for men or women. Men, yes, definitely men or women. And then Stephanie has a couple highlights about jewelry, outdoor dates, and the jewelry being cheap. Yes, yeah, this is true. So let's uh, start this with Stephanie's Kentucky Derby picks. Yes. So as everybody knows, thanks to COVID, or like I call it, the Rona. The Rona. Um, the Kentucky Derby got moved from the first weekend in February to the first weekend in September, which makes it the second leg of the Triple Crown because the Belmont was ran last month. So yeah, it's first all of all. On the Friday before the Kentucky Derby, they they run a race called the Kentucky Oaks Race, and that is for three-year-old fillies, which are female horses that haven't uh, foaled a baby yet. Um, oh. And they light the twin spires at Churchill Downs in pink because the Kentucky Oaks Race is honors women that are fighting won or have lost the battle with breast cancer so usually when they have crowds in the stands they invite women that are survivors fighters and families of those we've lost to breast cancer to come in to parade out in front of the crowd in the track get dressed all in pink and all the fillies in the race wear a pink um, saddle blanket with their name and number on it and the winner gets a blanket of pink daylilies and it just looks just like the red roses the winner of the derby gets. They're just red. They're just pink lilies. Hmm, very so, cool. Very cool. The winner of the race today it, at the Oaks, um, her name was She Dares the Devil. Kind of fitting with the theme of this day. And she did it in record time in one minute and 48 seconds. So I'm sure she beat the track record, record there. I don't know her connections. I don't know who her jockey was, owner, trainer, any of that. I didn't go into that big a detail like I typically do. But that is your Oaks winner for today. Now, tomorrow... Hold on a second. What's her name again? She Dares the what? She Dares the Devil. Ah, okay. She so it's kind of fitting the with the theme. Yes, it is. You know, of uh, what today represents as far as breast cancer. Um. So I typically, I used to go through every horse with the odds, owner, trainer, lineage, and all that. But since they have such a larger field anymore, um, it's kind of hard to do that and keep anybody interested. So The field I picked, is that large? There was 20 horses originally, the one horse and the six horses scratched. So there's only 18. Okay. So I picked the favorite, a favorite, a long shot, and just a honorable mention, basically. Um, so here we go. So my favorite, the favorite 
and the horse that also won the Belmont, that won the Belmont last month, which is usually the last race of the Triple Crown, was Tis the Law, and he is favored at three to five. Um, he is out of Constitution, who won the Florida Derby in 2014, and his grandsire is Tappet. Um, Tappet's a fairly famous horse, um, had a couple of Derby winners, and I believe won one of the Triple Crown races. I'm not sure which one. I didn't go into that big a detail again because 2020 is the freakiest year we've all ever lived in. Yeah, so sometimes going into full details might screw things up. Exactly. Well, and I just don't have the energy for it this yeah, year. Yeah, well, energy, so, yeah, especially after, Especially after the decision of the winner of last year's Kentucky Derby, I'm still sensitive to all that. But that's another story. Because the people don't know my love of, my in-depth love of horses and all that is with that. Oh, okay. So, my long shot is Max Player, and he is 30-1. to 1. You can do a $2 bet to win you'd win $300 if you won or more depending on how you bet that I'm not a handicapper I don't know how box scores work don't know how trifectas work and all that I just go with what I know um Max Code is out Max Player is out of Honor Code and his grandsire is AP Indy now AP Indy passed away this past February um and what he age was, would that be I think he was 21, Ooh, wow. I think. Um, I don't quite remember. I looked it up, but I don't remember. That's right. Um, I mean, it, 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 I don't think of horses necessarily I mean, living that long. He, ran, he, dogs, ran, but... he ran some good races, won some big races, and got to retire to his own paddock and pasture and make lots of babies. <laughs> okay. So, you know. <laughs> That's the nice I mean, thing. Wasn't that, it's not that bad of a life when somebody picks up after you and feeds you three times a day. Exactly. And then just my happenstance um just whatever kind of horse i picked honor ap who is also an ap indie horse that's five to one he's kind of the middle of the pack horse we'll see what happens so he's going to be in some traffic now the only thing is for tis the law which is the favorite um he's coming out of uh, he'll be out of gate 18. He'll be the last horse on the outside. Okay, um, so they number hard, the gates from inside yeah. to outside? Yeah, inside is one, outside however many. All right. So he'll be in the 18th gate. He'll be the only horse in the auxiliary gate. Um, his He'll lose time trying to get to the rail because the closer you get to the rail, you have a shorter trip. Yep. Um, the Derby, the Kentucky Derby is the shortest of the three races. Uh, so this will be an easy trip for them. They've had a long time off, which is another thing. They've had at least, I think, three to four weeks off, which is unusual. Um, usually the longest break between the Triple Crown races is three weeks between the Preakness and the Belmont. So we'll see how these horses have rested. I think that's why the one in six scratch. Six scratch because he had a fever on Wednesday. The horse of the and jockey. I, the horse and I saw this horse in the paddock when they announced that he was scratched and you could tell he was sick. Oh, okay. So I mean, nothing probably. I'm is sure that an odd thing? For, is that an odd thing for a horse to get sick like that or whatever? It depends. Um, he could have just might have some sort of inflammation that's causing him to have a fever, a sore that got slightly infected to cause him to have a fever. There's various things. All right. He may have an 
Um, thoroughbreds are typical to have an ulcer, so he could have an ulcer acting up that's causing him to have some inflammation. All right, um, all right, because I know there's other hard. people like me that have no clue about horses. And since horses are deep-chested, like they carry their lungs and heart under them like dogs. Yep. And cats and things like that. Uh, they typically don't want to race them with any kind of inflammation because it could, it could damage their lungs. Okay. And they need all the lungs they can get to breathe through a race like this. And, yep. you know, having a fever depletes your energy. Yes, so, very much so. That'd be like us trying to race when... Trying um, to run a marathon yeah. with 102 fever. It ain't working. Right, exactly. Okay. So, uh, I did see this horse in the paddock when they announced he scratched. He did look... He didn't look uncomfortable. He just didn't look like he was feeling good. So, and that's good. I mean, his connections and his trainers and we're like we're gonna do we're gonna do this we're Unlike just gonna scratch the, him yep you know he can get healthy and come back and win the freakness on september on october 3rd so. right but it, at least it's uh, not like some of those stories that are out there on the news where they really don't care what the horse is doing get them out there and run but i mean well there are those people now i'm not saying there's not the dark side there's a dark side to everything and there is a dark side to horse racing right so but it, I mean, I, it, hey that's a good I thing support, that they're doing that right i support responsible retirement for racehorses i support thoroughbred athletes which is our local thoroughbred rescue here in, Oklahoma, in central Oklahoma, I mean, I support the Equine Rescue Network for the United States. You know, uh, I get sent things all the time to rescue horses. I can't save them all. Nobody can. Everybody right, tries exactly. their best. That's like anything. You know, Try your but best. But it does. Right. And it starts with responsible ownership. Yes, very much so. You know, it really does start with for responsible ownership. You know, your horse has a bow tendon. You're not going to try and work him back to race, and he probably can't come back to race. You responsibly retire him to an organization that can rehab him and get him off to his next career. Right. Because horses can't race forever. No, certainly not. Especially uh, from very little that I know that the racehorses, some of them have almost short careers. Yeah, very short careers. Some of them never see the track. Wow. For various reasons. Okay, then. But either uh, they can't get out of the start gate, they're afraid of the start gate, not fast enough in, in uh, just the time trials, warm up time or track time. Yeah. You know, because those derby horses get a morning workout before they run. They'll get a morning workout and a morning bath before they run tomorrow. Oh, okay. You mentioned uh, a horse afraid of the gates, to, um, like, yes. as like getting in the gate and getting then, in the gate, standing or, in the gate getting out of the gates oh okay wow i didn't know that because well granted it i mean it's a small I mean, they're two confined and, they're two area and three years old and they're two and three years old oh so they're you like know, they, really that's young a, that's pretty young to get exposed well all the derby horses are three. Ooh, wow and they're still growing i mean horses don't keep, stop growing till they're four or five oh. so i mean you're exposing someone that's very something that's very young to a lot of different things yep very uh, wow okay okay something i didn't know definitely and you said you know, what the number uh one one horse in the six horse scratch number one in i don't the know six why the scratched. one horse scratched i'm not right. sure why the one horse scratched but i know the six horse scratched because of a fever all right all right so and i don't and they didn't give any more details than that and i totally understand 
Yeah, it's not like we need to know every detail. Well, just to know, you know, people, there was a reason. People protest a lot of things. There's going to be protesters at the Derby this year. There is every year. Um, so if it was my horse and I had any control about what the media said, they wouldn't know anything other than that he scratched and not even that he had a fever. Right, exactly, because they, they'd say somehow you caused a fever in some or way. You or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. But I will tell people that listen to this podcast, racehorses live better than most people. Trust me. So... Yeah, I, I believe that. I fully believe that. I mean, that. I've been in racehorse barns, very famous racehorse barns that have horses that raced and won the Kentucky Derby that you could eat literally eat off the floor. They're that clean. Damn, because they don't want any kind of infection they don't in want any, any kind way. Of infection. Bacteria, virus, right. uh, they don't whatever want strangles. can happen. Strangles can run rampant in a barn for months. Yeah, they don't want anything wrong. Well, because you mentioned before to me that uh, especially some of these high class racing horses mm -hmm. then become sires and for mm -hmm. and go and breed like you mentioned. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned mm -hmm. a little while ago, you know, yeah. in retirement, mm -hmm. go and make, ba make more babies. They make lots of money. Breeding. Yep. They make they, some of them make more money in breeding than they ever did at track. I can see that because because it's, those stud fees are expensive. I, I don't doubt that I was... And mayor care is expensive. That'd be like in, uh, I was told with my dog before I got them fixed. People are like, you could make, uh, what was it, $75 a, um, a session or whatever for stud mm -hmm. fees. I'm like, say what? I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but I don't want the headaches of making sure he's, you know, because what if he's not right. actually fully healthy or whatever? Right, right. So, yeah, because um, cause I think a secretariat's last foaling season, last stud season was like in the mid to late 80s. Because he was, he was uh, respectfully euthanized in 89. That was the movie I was thinking about a couple weeks mm -hmm. ago. Thank you. I just yes. you just actually mentioned it respectively euthanized is that because of age and just um he had lampsnitis which is like tendonitis in the legs and he also had this cancer okay all right so that's usually a horse breeding stallions of that caliber tend to die of something like that colic or testicular cancer okay Hmm. Very interesting. Or just they just I mean they they're natural causes. I mean they're not well, all yeah, they, everything's reason. natural in some fashion. Humanely humanely euthanized, but well, that's like when we have to decide for our own dogs right. when they're getting to that point mm -hmm. where you see that pain in their eyes constantly of yep. whatever's going through, whether it being some dogs getting cancer and almost it's starting to take over their whole body or just right. whatever and you know trying to do that responsible thing right um it's usually up to uh the horse's groom that uh informs ownership and things like that that it's time yep. um secretariat had the same groom i believe up until 
he retired from racing and then he had his own private groom at Claiborne Farms. Groom would be like a caretaker? Basically. All right. All right. They know more about that horse than anybody. Right. Is their groom. They're around him every day type of thing. Every day. Uh, every, whenever, you know, monitoring and everything that's needed for the care. Right. All yep. right. Cool. So, Friday positives. Positives of the week, yes. Positives of the week. Well, I officially moved into my desk. Ooh, yes, that's right. Monday Everybody this, this week was your work week for everybody for returns. Everybody to return to work, socially distanced. We got a brand new renovated office. Um, so I got to move to my new desk Monday afternoon and everybody else followed suit. So yeah, I've seen the pictures of your two yards of fabric that actually had some extra for a stepping to stool. cover my footstool. Yes. And I bought staples for my staple gun and um, extra padding to put on top of my step stool because my step stool is kind of old that a yep, friend of mine it, found for me. I saw the picture you showed it to me. It looks awesome. Uh, it, everything has to be personalized because, I mean, you're there all the time. Well, you know, work for some people is their second home, so you might as well make it comfortable. Exactly. Yes, very much so. Uh, I've had situations like that wherever I worked, um, which has not been very often, where you try to make it a little bit more better. Right. Like today, um, I'm in a secondary studio, shall we say. Are you in your parents' basement? No, I'm not in the basement. I'm up in their um, dining room, actually. Okay. Uh, it's one of the better places. I figured the basement... Eh, why do the basement? There's an actual table up here. I don't have to try to struggle so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I found... Uh, um. But it would be funny if you were doing it from your parents' basement. It would be, you know. <coughs> oh, excuse you. Um, Sorry. but no, I found a, a coffee table. It, it, it's no problem. We're, we are the real world. Yeah, we're all pretty transparent around here. Uh, I found a coffee table, uh, or not a coffee table, but I mean, um, what are they called? You know, the folding things that you can put in front of you when you're at t uh, uh, TVs, TV, a TV tray. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. I got that hooked the microphone up to it so I could attempt to be like I was at the hotel. And once again, yeah. yes, even the hotel's a temporary area. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's only, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even on it there a lot more is. often. But I right. sort of got everything set up for the way I normally have it set up. So yeah. I'm comfortable. Uh, and another positive is we have Santa Claus coming. Yeah, Santa Claus is coming. Yay. And we're going to get, we got some questions, got questions together. We got questions. Um, I hear you and Santa Claus has had some um frequently asked questions that he's already sent to me. Oh well, that's about very uh, uh, things, and he's already said these are the answers. So I could look through them and go, you know, okay, and figure out which ones I you know really want to answer a question and a answer from. But these are like any place he's already come across these so many times right. that he, it's a frequently asked question. Um, uh, email that I've gotten that said, "Hey, yeah, I hear you're going to be in the area." 
uh, I happened to be in the area, you know, whatever. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but um, but here we are. But here we are. So well, that's my positive. Yeah, that's your positive. You got Santa Claus. Yes. You can do that. <laughs> I'm sure. Especially in September. Well, I know, I know, and uh, I was reminded it's like coming up in the next couple of days. It's something about 109 days left to Christmas. Something like that. Something like that. I mean, I'm sure I will be reminded a couple times. I'm sure Facebook will notify us all the time. Yes. I have friends like that. It's only this many days till Christmas. Shut up, Susan. Nobody cares. <laughs> yep. Um, and we, uh, I was also received some questions from somebody to ask Santa that are not on his frequently um, asked questions list. Yeah, I, I wrote those and I sent those to him to look at to go to, you know because I'm pretty sure those would be some questions go wow I got to think about that really wow right. okay you know mm -hmm. yeah and let's see okay so uh, PCOS awareness and PCOS awareness so I am the one in ten women one of ten women one in every ten women have PCOS I am that one I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was 22 years old. Um, went untreated for a while. And what does PCOS stand for? For PCOS um, stands for Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome. All right, because um, I'm bad at acronyms in those cases, as I've told you well, from other things. So right, um, it's an autoimmune disorder. Like I said, one in ten women get it. I am the one in ten. Um, I was diagnosed at 22. Uh, from a blood test. There's four different types of PCOS. Um, I don't have the most severe, but I don't have the mildest either. I'm kind of in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, it, you can, everybody can just Google it. I could go into details, but you can just Google it. The internet is there for more the detailed information. It's pretty accurate when it comes to PCOS. Yep. Um, September is PCOS Awareness Month. Um, women that have PCOS have a higher risk of developing ovarian cancer. All right. So they kind of coincide with each other. Um, teal is our color because that's the color for ovarian cancer awareness. Um, I went untreated because it's then when I was, so I'm 43. So 21 years ago, I yep. was diagnosed with it. So is it, um, well, obviously you're going into it. But um, the reason why it might have been overlooked in previous years mm -hmm. would be because it's hard to identify. It can be hard to identify, and I also didn't have a good OBGYN at the time. Uh, to look for I can that. I can get that. But sometimes those and, astute um, doctors that look into those numbers that might be slightly odd. Um, not to divulge but right. um, I had my first pap smear at Planned Parenthood and the uh, the uh, nurse practitioner that did it was very horrible and very mean and told me I would never have children because I was fat oh my god seriously and you know here I am 20 years old 21 years old you know oh my god Stephanie. by myself and get told this 
so I was just kind of like, well, I that's why I'm here. I don't really want kids. So, okay. I just kind of blew it off. So, um, a year later, I had insurance and was able to go to an actual OBGYN. And she's the one that we suggested we do some tests to see what my issues were because I had family history and uh, my own uh, medical history markers that I could possibly have this. All right. Yep. And that's and so, what any good doctor, if they can see that stuff, right. would go for. So I got on birth control because that's supposed to help with some of your symptoms and things like that. Because it's also, it, it, it causes infertility. It causes women to not be able to ovulate. Okay. okay. And being on birth control will, would help that. Well, back then, birth control wasn't covered under insurance. So it was 40 bucks a month. And when you're only making like $300 a paycheck working at Walmart, it's kind of hard to afford that. I was about that. to say, that's, uh, I was trying to think what I was making at my well, various jobs. Like but yeah. So I was paying 40 bucks a month for one month's worth of birth control. Now I pay $36 for six months worth. Wow, that is such a drastic difference. So that's kind of, and so, um, I quit taking birth control because I couldn't afford it. Well, then I ended up pregnant, which was the best thing that could ever happen to me. So that's supposed to help with PCOS too. Well, that didn't work for me. I still it's actually supposed, it helps really? It's supposed to help reset your clock, your maternal clock. Okay. Your ovulation and all that is supposed to help with that. It didn't work for me. I still had the same problems and sometimes they were worse. Um, I'd get very, very sick. And, uh, so, um, I went to an OBGYN because mine had retired a few years after she delivered my daughter. Yep. Um, the most wonderful to... girl I've talked to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm just saying, almost I'm every just day. saying. Almost every day. And she teases me just like her mom and says, mm -hmm. shut up. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just so, saying, I'm just saying, um, anyway. I went to an OBGYN on an emergency basis because I was really, really sick. And he basically told me there was nothing he could do for me. He told me that, uh, yeah, he could do a hysterectomy on me. He goes, it'd be difficult because you're fat, but I could do it. Now, why would I trust any my body to anyone that would say that to you? Oh, me? my God. That, so that's one, left, one of those doctors that sort of just doesn't care again in some fashion so or way. So, I left. Uh, his office in tears. Hmm. Um, I didn't get a bill for that visit. Well, at least you didn't uh, get a bill, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, so, but crying is not the option. So then, two or three years later, uh, my husband found a just a family doctor. Yep. That he started going to, and I needed to start going to, because I had read that metformin, even though it's a diabetic drug, will help with PCOS because PCOS can cause insulin resistant diabetes. Oh yes. You're, that That's actually. Hmm. So I went to her. So, and she, we got me on a thyroid med and metformin and some other medicines. Cause I'm also, uh, anemic of unknown origin and everybody's vitamin D deficient. Yep. Uh, and what? thyroid you mentioned once to me I yes think. I have actually a, I have more a, than once rather I have a sluggish thyroid so I take medicine for that so, so 
So once I got on that regimen, and that's been about six years, um, I'm much better. Um, I did have to get back on birth control, and that's helped. Um, so my medical regimen has vastly improved my health. Now I will have months where I'll be really, really sick for a week, and then there's some months that it's okay. It just it's since it's a syndrome, it's very symptomatic and not doesn't the symptoms don't hit you every every time they change just a roller coaster of how it's our a roller, bodies it's work it's basically a roller coaster so ladies if you think you have it talk to your doctor men if your spouses or girlfriends have it please do your research we're not crazy our bodies just hate us yep and so, let's see um say uh out of curiosity how would a guy identify that something's odd about um, his other half in those cases well if you know your partner for a while usually they will tell you you know hopefully they would tell you if your significant other cries a lot and then is fine that's usually a sign of hormone irregularity. Okay, so it'd be something to do with those like emotional changes is mm -hmm. a fairly decent sign. Yeah. Um if they cycle for an abnormal amount of time. Okay, um, so when it comes to the period, we'll, we'll mm -hmm. we will use it. Uh, it, it what would be an <laughs> abnormal amount of time cuz what? Sometimes 7 to 10 days or longer. Okay. Cuz I know some it's like super heavy two days yeah. and then and it, it gets be, it gets slightly lighter every day thereafter right. type of thing um, for about that seven super, or be super heavy for those 10 to 14 days all right and uh and you just are very very tired you're very very irritable you're very very emotional and i was <laughs> unfortunate to not have a very supportive spouse so okay so that's something is your significant other been so, really emotional seems yeah, everything you, seems to somehow or another i mean make them cry and then all like of a sudden the next week, day or the next like hour this week, they're perfectly I was crying fine. like for no reason there was one time I was crying for I'm like I don't know why I'm crying I'm just crying don't know why which could make for a sucky day which can make for a sucky day and if you think something's wrong just ask right definitely and if she gets defensive just tell her hey I want you to be okay Oh, most definitely. You know, That's what a guy what should be to doing. Do like, to hey, get you better. what is, what are you feeling? What? Please talk to me. Let me know. What is it? And, you know, right. even if she doesn't so know. So when I was going through this and trying to figure out what was wrong with me and to get myself right, I had a very unsupportive spouse. But when he got sick, I had to be there for everything. <sighs> unfortunately so, but that's another story we're not well, going to go yeah, down no that we're not going to go there because that's unfortunate because the fact that sometimes society is still that way but anyway we're yes. not going that way but so just pcs pcos awareness month you have to be supportive people shouldn't fight these things alone no that's just like cancer that's just like right. everything um autism that's just like 
every all the, all those causes and all those issues that are health and mental related in some yes. way. Yes. Do not go it alone because yeah, no. that's the hardest thing to do. I'm yeah. Sheldon. That's I'm Stephanie. And we thank you for listening 